For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Newcastle United losing two to nothing to Southampton <laughs> and other news and uh, things that is happening. Uh, I, I'm with you today, not alone, but with the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are you? What it, I'm chilling. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! <laughs> that voice crack was that was Yikes. that was un. That was unnatural. Yikes. Oh, man. That's pro- – oh, that was – oh, man. I'm glad um, we got – that's – I mean, it's not getting cut out by any means. That's staying. Staying forever. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know how to come back from that. Um, <laughs> um, follow well, me on Twitter. That's, that's all follow I got to say. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, guys, I'm very happy to announce that my hometown club have won a trophy. I just have to throw that in there. Shout out to the Philadelphia Union. Uh, you did it. Supporter Shield. Um, they made a Captain America Shield their trophy for two days. Um, and now the real one is with them. But they did it. So congrats to them. Dupe. By the way, Supporter Shield, probably the coolest trophy in all of soccer. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I say, like, I think it's one of those where it's like, obviously we're biased because we're American. But if you look up the story, as I just did two weeks ago, what a sick, just like, oh, wow, it's a legitimate supporter shield. Yeah, that is cool. So uh, shout out to America for doing one thing right. Uh. (laughs) Well, I think I think America has, you know, hitting on a lot of cylinders uh, the past few weeks. But anyway, funnel cakes. Oh, 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 you know, oh, Greg's making a, a different kind of joke. That was like a callback um, to an episode that's going to drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's 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 coming. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So in this podcast, in this episode, we are going to talk to you about the match. We're going to do a quick recap on that. And then we're going to take a break. And then we're going to go to a lot of odds and ends, a lot of updates on that. So stay with us. It's going to be a fun one, as always. And let's get into it. So first, uh, we had Newcastle United 0, Southampton 2. Let's get with your three words. So after every match, we ask you to come in with three words to describe the match. Um, You really come through in this. Uh, So I will read your three words right now. 
Mr. Steel Your Worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. Came back with a with a GIF. Back to reality. Eric Schmidt at NUFC Indiana, who you'll be hearing in a few days with our Beyond the Tune segment. He said, South Coast Nightmare. Don at Smick Ultra. Brucey is shite. And Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12. Brucey inevitably shite. Um, Andy Wilson at Andy Wilson NCL. Heartless, ballless, guttering. Ohio Tune at Ohio Tune. Pile of crap. Tune Army Madison. Bruce sucks figs. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Craig Atkinson at Darlow Quaker. Um, or Darlow Quacker. I don't know. Uh, shit Bruce Ball. Northern Man at Northern Man 2020 says, didn't bother watching. Good choice. Uh, yeah, John choice. Kelly at JK Sud 17 says, disjointed, unbalanced, unorganized. Sam Brown, Steve Bruce out. Uh, at Rossington underscore bear says, Best worst performance. Interesting one there. Yeah. Um, Alex Passine at Alex underscore Passine. Attackers always defending. Steve Wilson says, get Bruce out. Blake, and I'm with this Blake, at B Munch, B Munch, B M U N S H says, U23 is more entertaining. Love it. Uh, Joe Terry says, regress to mean. Sandra Farn says, get Bruce out. John, same old Bruce. Tom McDonald at Mac in 1995 says no plan toothless. You guys get the hint. There's about 10 to 15 more. Sorry if I didn't read yours. Uh, oh, I do have to mention um, Nath83 at Nathan Handy one says Steve licks lips. I was, I don't, I don't even know some of this. I don't, doesn't even make sense to me, but it just sounds so funny to say. That's what I've noticed with a lot of British insults. <laughs> like it's just so funny to, to call someone that. Like, oh, Steve, you lick lips, bro. Like, it's not like I have no idea what it means, but it's really funny to say. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, stop sucking figs, mate. And I don't know what it means, but it's hilarious to say that to somebody as a response. I can put two and two together. Okay, I'm having tr- I'm struggling with that. Okay, well, uh, figs figs look like certain things that 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 hang from. Ah, uh, uh, a male tree per se. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, glad we sorted that out. Well, I was thinking about fig newtons, which is way off. Yeah, underrated. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely underrated. Uh, cookie though. If that's oh no, fig newtons are gross, dude. They uh, suck. Disagree. Strong disagree. They're disgusting. Strong My girlfriend likes those. Yeah, well, your girlfriend's is an intelligent human being, so. Yeah, she's the one. Way, way she's the, the one going there. to law school. You tell me. The, <laughs> yeah, you tell me. Yeah, she's she's the law school expert, and I'm the uh, I'm the bumbling sport management idiot. So I think you've got that spot on there. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm winning. So uh, <laughs> we have to talk about this match. Um, so we're first going to start with the lineup, and then we'll we'll mainly just recap the performance as an overall thing rather than go through it because nothing really happened outside of the goals uh and we'll we'll talk all about that but the um the the lineup i'll I'll read everything and then have elijah to comment on it we had darlo murphy Cher, lascelles fernandez lewis hendrick sean longstaff almiron saint maximin and wilson on the bench we had 
Gillespie, Clark, Mankio, Hayden, Maddie Longstaff, Jolinton, and Carroll. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I got the if it ain't broke, don't fix it vibes from this one. Uh, pretty much identical. I think it, it was, was identical it was, to yeah. the Everton lineup, um, which, again, that's the Steve Bruce way. We saw it with the West Ham and the following match uh, against Brighton, where um, obviously if you're a manager who's looking at this from a tactical perspective, you switch up your lineup to suit that team. Um, like no reason Andy Carroll should be playing against Brighton, but that's a whole nother story. It's the same thing. Um, and while the 5-3-1-1 did net us three points against Everton – I think we both mentioned this. It's not like Newcastle looked great in it. Um, it's not like it was worthy enough of them sticking with it and most certainly not worthy enough to to keep certain players. I mean, Jeff Hendrick did not look good in Everton match, and he was still here um, for this matchup. Um, and, I mean, I think Sean Longstaff was good in Everton, so I think it was deserved that he kept, he kept his spot there. Miguel Amron, I think, same thing. But it was odd seeing uh, Jeff Hendrick and over Isaac Hayden. That was probably the biggest one that stuck out to me. I thought the back line was solid against Everton, so that didn't really concern me. But what was weird was seeing Alan St. Maxman, excuse me, in that, like, number 10, almost really more of a, like, a center forward role. I wouldn't even call it a number 10 because this, forward, this, this, this formation is so negative. And he wasn't really effective against Everton, um, against an Everton defense that I would say is solid but not, you know, particularly impressive by any means. Um he wasn't really that effective against them. And uh, it's clear that he's been most effective for Newcastle playing out wide or in a 4-2-3-1 where he's able to switch between, you know, Miguel Amaron and whoever else is playing out wide and kind of switch and alternate where he wants to play and kind of that attacking three behind a striker. And so it was a bit annoying seeing that and kind of, I mean, I mean, we can kind of get into it, but that's, in the, that's what happened. I mean, the formation was fine, but it certainly wasn't effective which you want the formation to be effective. You don't want a, a formation that exists and is just fine. The worst thing you want is a formation that just doesn't work. And that's happened a couple times this season for Newcastle. But this time the formation was just there and it wasn't effective. Um, you weren't getting the best out of any player in the formation. Maybe like Fabian Chair is the only player that probably benefits from this five in the back formation because he is a defender that has operated well in the five in the back formation. And maybe Jacob Murphy has been fine. But outside of that, everyone else seemed a bit, like especially this match, a bit uncomfortable. Uh, and you like your best players were just not in the best positions for them to succeed. Miguel Amaron, we know. I mean, he's a number 10. If not a number 10, he's out wide. He's a winger. So to play him in a formation where he's not a winger and where he's a, essentially a box-to-box midfielder is questionable. We know Alan St. Maxman has, this season has been absolutely putrid at this center forward role. So to continue to play him there makes no sense. We know the game plan against Alan St. Maxman is to just like, you know, foul him and foul him and do nothing to kind of address that and, and put others in a situation where they're dangerous around him. It, it's, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big thing for me was yeah. Unchange and Isaac Hayden's on the bench. So uh, that was, that was two surprising things. For me, you want to hear a fun stat about Isaac Hayden real quick before we we like move on, move on. Uh, So Isaac Hayden, 1.8 tackles per game. That's third best in the squad. Um, Sean Longstaff, again, he's only really played two matches. 0.5 tackles. Jeff Hendrick, 0.6 tackles. So combined, 
they don't come even close to the production Isaac Hayne has. And you notice I'd leave out Miguel Amaron here because Miguel Amaron leads the team in tackles per game going into this, this last game with 2.3 tackles per match. So I don't know. It's just weird that Isaac Hayne wasn't in this team because you know you're trying to sit back. And you know you're trying to defend, especially with how hot Southampton is. You would imagine Steve Bruce would play his best defensive midfielder just because it's Steve Bruce. But no, he, he didn't. Nope, not at all. And it became not fun. Um, so very quickly in this one, uh, things didn't last well. So I'll mention the two goals and then let's just overarchingly talk about this match. Sound good? Yeah. Uh, so the, I almost said Spurs. Uh, Saints striker, Che Adams. Uh, he, had a, he had a long range shot off, saved by Darlow but his parry fell to make Miggy Amaron. Uh, he shouldn't have hung on to the ball at all. Should have passed it off. There's plenty of people open to pass it to, but he kept it. Um, Kyle Walker Peters and Theo Walcott were in the vicinity and they robbed him. They got to the byline uh, and then they teed up Adams who scored a great goal past Darlow, uh, completely inexcusable uh, by Miguel Amaron. And quickly, seven minutes in, it's one nothing Saints. Yeah. Um, anything that you want to comment on that play? Yeah, I think it was it was something that we kind of saw that people we mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, maybe not on our pod, but definitely uh, in the Slack channels as this has come up. Uh, it was kind of a new this year. Steve Bruce has decided to play out of the back, um, which is a bold strategy uh, for Newcastle. But again, I can understand why he wants to do this because, I mean, everyone complains about the long ball and it obviously isn't effective, but there's a time and place to do to play out of the back. And so that's where it comes down to being a good manager. Now, you know you're going up against a team that presses, like Southampton presses a ton. Why in the hell would you encourage your players to play out of the back, try to dribble around, pass the ball around in the back when you are going up against a team that presses and presses well, presses effectively? And so this was kind of like, I obviously blame Agamron for not clearing the ball sooner, but I mean, as many people pointed out, like Fabian Cher almost turned it over right before that. And before, and before that Jamal sells almost turned it over because they were passing it around the back, like nobody's business. And they were getting pressed upon when they literally could have just cleared the ball. And like, obviously that's frustrating and annoying, but that's a better option in this case than trying to play out of the back against a team that presses. And that's like basic manager one-on-one. If I'm going up against a team that presses, I'm probably going to try to play the long ball because they're committing men like forward in order to press. I'm I'm 23 years old. I don't, I've never coached a soccer team in my life. And I can tell you that Steve Bruce is like literally three times my age. Maybe not maybe at least, at least twice my age. And he just had no idea that was, that was something that you should do. So I don't know. That's my thoughts on that goal. Yeah, uh, the next goal was another gift from us. Uh, Sean Longstaff was having a little party by himself on the edge of, of his own box, and Stuart Armstrong just took the ball right from him easily, beat Fabian Cher, and then fired a screamer past Darlow. Uh, that was an 82nd minute, which clinched this one. Uh, that was that ended up being the final score, 2-0. Uh, Saints beat the Mags. Uh, just my, my – I'll just – a brief thought by me, and then the, I mean, you you have thoughts as well. But uh, it was essentially like 
it's been really inconsistent this season for Newcastle, but this is just another uh, another match where we just have nothing going forward. I Touches don't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but when your starting striker touches the ball 19 times in a match, that is not going to score many times from that. Um, we like attempt like the attempts that we made to like press Southampton were just careless and we just turned the ball over anyway. And then on top of that, like, uh, like we, we, we couldn't provide a threat at all to even worry them. Uh, and there's just stumbling to 90 minute finish of complete ineptitude from our part. And that's just my overarching thoughts on how this went. What do you got? I think that like, um, I, I can't remember who it was. It might've been, uh, I think it might've been, um, who was it? Uh, yeah, it was John Gibson and his column for the Chronicle. He kind of mentioned that all of our away matches, like they really, like they've, the Newcastle have been somewhat decent in away matches outside of, uh, the Manchester United match. Um, like, The like Newcastle gets in the situation where like there are certain matches that should have been especially our away matches this season that should have been four five six no but Newcastle just get lucky with Cardinals saves and this is another match like that where Southampton could have easily that that game should have been four no like straight up like they're two unbelievable saves by Cardinals. Are like and this game is is if there was no thoughts for me on this match and I think our, our friend Christian Hennage, he kind of sums it up quite nicely and he talks about the fact that when you look at Newcastle play and you look at 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 Southampton play with Southampton you can see there's a clear system and that's when we talk about when Steve Bruce doesn't have tactics we're not talking about results results are great results are wonderful results are things that like everyone can talk about day in and day out and results are ultimately like greg has said multiple times in this podcast results are how managers are judged but when fans talk about steve bruce and his lack of tactics we're talking about things like this it's one thing to set up your team in a formation but if you look at what who's did you can tell the certain patterns that southampton are trying to do when they when they're when they have possession you can see players moving you see that players know where to go you see players know where the space is going to be where to receive the ball they know when to press how to press where like how to cut off certain angles to make it harder for newcastle players to to <laughs> to 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 pass the ball forward. When you look at when McGallamaron turned the ball over, it was an excellent press. You had two players that essentially closed him down and forced him, like closed him down to a point where he could not go backwards because going backwards would just result in them just literally moving the press up forward because he's kind. They kind of forced him to go towards the sideline, and then him trying to pound, like play a ball over them would be a terrible ball that again they could easily intercept on the opposite side of the field. So there was a system with the press. When Newcastle press, as Greg said, it was lazy, it was inconsistent, it wasn't effective. When Southampton press, it's effective, it's consistent, and they know what they're doing. When they have the ball in possession, there is movement, there are patterns. There, that, that's things. That's what we talk about when there's tactics. It is one thing to set up a, a team correctly. That's like, that is like point one. And Steve Bruce has just started to figure that out. And again, you could argue he's not even good at that. That's one thing, but you have to take it the next step. You have to be able to like know how to play uh, with Newcastle. And right now, 
it's kind of every man for themselves. I'm not really sure what Newcastle's identity is. I mean, it would be one thing if I knew, like under Rafa, I could tell you Newcastle were a long ball team. They they cleared the ball. They played up to Salman Rondo, and he holds it up for one of the other four, either Iose Perez or Miguel Armour or Matt Rich, whoever it is, to, to run in behind, and he plays it to him. That I could tell you that's what Newcastle was going to do under Rafa Benitez. Under Steve Bruce, it changes every game because there is no plan. When Steve Bruce ten sends the lads out, he's just saying, all right, we've got you in the formations, figure it out. And so that's what happens. Like when John Joe Shelves in the match, it's it's long balls. When Sean Longstaff's in the match and Miguel Amaro's in the match, it's, it's more direct. We're trying to run and beat guys off the dribble. And ultimately, it always falls on the shoulders of Valentin Maxman. If they can get him the ball, maybe something will happen. And like that is not a sustainable way to play football in any way, any way, shape, or form. And like Newcastle get away with it because they have a, a decent team that defends well at times. And they have exciting players like Alan St. Maxman and McGowan and Callum Wilson who've saved their ass a ton of times. But let's be real. If Newcastle don't have Callum Wilson this season, they're in like 16th, 17th. They're in 18th. I mean, just penalties alone. Like you can't – those aren't guaranteed goals if Callum Wilson's not in the team. And that's – it's not a sustainable way to play football. You're going to start to drop points. And that that's the big worry. Yeah, one thing I don't want to lose – so it's very easy to – and I'm not giving, uh, I'm not taking blame away from Steve Bruce at all. But this play, the performance from the people that were between the lines was miserable. And all the players should be absolutely ashamed of themselves for how they played. Like, regardless if they were set up wrong or not, they should still perform like a human being. Like, they were bad. They were all bad. No one was good at any point in this match. And well, Darlo. Well, Carl outside. Darlo was good. Yeah, out, outfield yeah. players. Yeah. Uh, so 10, 10 of the 11 were terrible. And that falls on them. I don't get like, uh, like Steve Bruce, yeah, what terrible tactics. Once again, no surprise. But like, like play for the name on the back of your jersey then, or like play for Newcastle, like show an effort. Like getting two goals that you gave away, like Miguel, like regardless, I don't care if Southampton had the best press ever. McGomron needs to get rid of that ball. Sean Longstaff needs to get rid of that ball. That is inexcusable and it's lazy. And there, there should be way more blame on both of those players. I was like, they the fact that they don't even get scapegoated for that, like it all goes to Bruce and that's fine. He deserves criticism. But like those two players deserve a ton of criticism for that. And everyone else that did absolutely nothing. It's hard to put a lot of blame on Callum because like he relies on service. So like, Maybe I'll and he take got him injured. out of this. People forget. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll take him out of this. But like all those players, like that was that was an embarrassing performance for from a player standpoint. I think more fans should be harping on that because that was inexcusable. I, I and I, I'll I'll give this I'll give this a little bit of credit. I do think that the back like the center backs. I feel like if you're gonna say if you're gonna do a hierarchy of players that perform well. Multiple goal line clearances from them. Again, not not something you like to brag about, but it happened, and they had a lot of clutch tackles. It's not great, but it's it's something that's worth mentioning. Like, yeah, they like. I mean, but outside of that, you're right. I mean, there's nothing great to to take away from that match. And I mean, it, I think part of it does fall on the players. But again, it, it's as a player, it's weird because it's like, all right, well, I'm being told like my instinct naturally is to clear and like this is thing and i wouldn't even like go too far on this because like you know i i agree with you but then like if you look at every other match newcastle played like before this season the first instinct from a gallon run or sean Longstaff would be to clear 
And for some reason, this match, they were like so enamored with the idea that we need to play out of the back. I don't know if that's like a Steve Bruce thing or if that's a them thing where it's like, like, I don't know. I, I, I mean, at some point, maybe you have to defy your, your managers, like uh, your managers, uh, your, your managers, like expectations and, and, and instructions from the touchline. But I mean, I think that's, that's insane that like two players who normally are usually first to just get rid of it. Um, just didn't. I think that's that's annoying. Um, but I think the main thing, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get more into this um, in maybe some later episodes, is once again, uh, just from the whole team, not a great performance. But again, like Steve Bruce deserves a little bit of blame here, especially after being a manager who com- like repeatedly seems to be like offended that fans are questioning his ability. Um, and I think I wouldn't care if Steve Bruce was like, like, you know, if he didn't make such a big deal about fans questioning his ability, but like he, he, every time he gets a win, he acts like he's like freaking like, I don't know, like Pep Guardiola or like, I have no, like just name any relevant or like Sir Bobby. He acts like he's some tactical genius when it's always luck. And he's always shocked that fans are like upset with the fact that like the team won, but they still looked bad. And I don't know, at some point you hope it ends, but I doubt it ends anytime soon. Yep. Steve Bruce said the best team won. We didn't get anywhere near where we were five days ago. We didn't look after the ball well enough and we gifted them two goals. We didn't do enough to win the game. We didn't handle the full press and it was a difficult night. The one thing you can't do at this level is give them the goals we did. We gave the ball away far too often. We knew what to expect from them, the full press. And unfortunately, we didn't play through it. The first 15 minutes was probably our worst spell after halftime. We couldn't get out. We kept giving the ball back to them. And when you're in that situation, it becomes difficult. (laughs) He says, congratulations to Southampton on the night. They were far better than us, and we couldn't cope with them. Yeah. He also mentioned, pretty interesting, that he said, uh, we were a shadow of the team I saw against Everton. We have to make sure we're better against Chelsea. There's a few shirts available, a few places up for grabs. So uh, expect to see a change side in the next match, I would imagine. Uh, also, yeah, Ralph, I'm, I'm sure Ralph Rossenhutl he, he, is he, way he, better than Steve Bruce. Also, that's another comment. But, yeah. That's I mean, yeah. Too. It's been, it's been a, a system that's been building since January, and Southampton has consistently put in good performance. Like, uh, I don't know. That, that's You're right. I mean, he's, he's good. Yeah. There's there's a fair bit of managers that are managing in Europe that are way better than Steve Bruce, and it is actually laughable that that some of them aren't managing the Premier League, if not for Newcastle, but for other teams. And and that, I don't, I just want to point that out there. There's just a lot of decent managers out there that would love to manage in the Premier League that would do much better than Steve Bruce, or maybe a lot of other managers right now. And it's it's very annoying that they don't get that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, this was Newcastle's first away defeat this season. Last last time was uh, Watford in July, so it's four. There's four in a row, four in a row without a defeat for Newcastle until this. Um, uh, and Matty Longstaff, that was the other stat. Uh, he made his tenth appearance, which officially eliminates him from my view as a prospect. So he's officially off my prospect list. We have a new number one. Check out coming home, newcastle.spnation.com 
to find out who is number one. Uh, expected stats. How do you think Newcastle did here? <laughs> I'm guessing expected goals is like 0.01. <laughs> oh, you're really close. Uh, Southampton had 0.99 expected goals. Newcastle had 0.18. Really bad. That's, that's not good. Um, do you want to even – I mean, it's kind of a shot in the dark who had the best expected goals, but do you, who do you think did? I don't even know who had a shot on target. I mean, I think someone – So there's Someone headed players. it towards goal, right? I think, I think that happened. Yeah, there's four <laughs> players that had a shot on goal in the match. Uh, or no, sorry, a shot. Um, and it was Jolinton, Sean Longstaff, Jamal Lascelles, and Jacob Murphy. They all had one. Lascelles had the header that you're talking about. I mean, um, uh, Jolinton had the header that you're talking about. So I'd imagine he leads in expected goals. No, he got .03 from that, .03 for Sean Longstaff, .04 for Jamal LaSalle's and the leader with .07, Jacob Murphy. Uh, Expected assists, that went to Jamal Lewis at .06. We had a total of .1 expected assists. Just terrible, absolutely terrible numbers. Um, Some other stats. Uh, 58% of the chances went to Southampton. Uh, we had four total shots in the match. Two were on target to Southampton's 15 with eight on target. Uh, PPDA wasn't terrible for Newcastle. I mean, it was bad in in normal standards. It was 16.75, <laughs> which isn't good. Uh, but usually Newcastle flirts in the 20s. Uh, but Southampton's was 5.69. So literally, we just could not hold the ball in there defensive zone at all and not surprisingly Southampton deserved 2.1 points to our 0.5 so basically that means a win first first the Saints is what they're projecting and my last update is 538 which I have to pull up still so uh hang on one second here we go so where will Newcastle finish the season according to 538 they have us sitting in a nice cozy spot, 16th place. So we dropped one with 42 points. Uh, they're, they're expecting us to be nine points clear of relegation, which they have Sheffield United, Fulham, and West Brom getting relegated. We have a less than a 1% chance to win the Premier League, less than a 1% chance to qualify for Champions League, a 19% chance to get relegated, and a 5% chance of a top 10 finish. I have a couple stats. Go. And it's just a little teaser for maybe a future pod. Um, So Newcastle have done what I thought was just a stat that I don't think I ever seen before. Newcastle are first and last in two opposite categories. They are first in shots faced per match with 16.5, which Hmm. is a lot. That, That means that anyone can shoot at any time. And they are dead last um, <laughs> in shots per game with eight shots per game. So literally we have half as many shots per game than we do than we allow per game, which is never good. So that's exciting. And then, of course, I guess a Golden Glove update. Carl Darlow still leads the league in, in saves, unsurprisingly. 
He also has like one of the highest save percentages, but like that I don't I mean, I don't know. That's just food for thought. So yeah. Anyway. I don't know how anyone can defend Steve Bruce after hearing those stats, but again, every single day, uh pundits in Europe always surprise me. Totally. Uh, let's go to best and worst player, best player, Carl Darlow. Is that fair? Yeah, best player, Carl Darlow. Um, and then, are you still with me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then we're, we're just going to leave that in. And then, uh, worst player, <laughs> who you got? I don't know. I mean, like I, I, I want to just give it to Steve Bruce. Um, like, I feel like that's not allowed, but I just want to hammer down the point that like, I don't say Maxman's really good and he's good at like three positions and Steve Bruce has played him at zero of those three positions <laughs> in the past three matches. <laughs> so like, um, I, I just want to point that out. I, I don't know. I, I I mean I don't I, everyone was bad. Uh, I'll say McGalmeron because I hold him to a higher standard than everyone else. So I'll just say him. Yeah, I, he was the worst player. Uh, yeah, no no Newcastle player got a seven or higher in this match. Uh, worst player for me. Yeah, it's it's to me it's McGalmeron or Sean Longstaff, and I was going to take Sean. I thought that was a miserable performance for him, uh, and he got the yellow card too. Just like just absolutely just terrible uh, from. It's crazy just the decline you know, from a few days before where he had one of his best performances. That was just – that was bad. He was ran all you over You know what's crazy is that – yeah. And the crazy thing is that Newcastle – see, Bruce is going to make some changes against Chelsea. And we're going to we're gonna stick with the 5-3-1-1. And Miguel Marone and uh, Sean Longstaff are going to get dropped. Um, and, I mean, I don't – I don't know if that's deserved or not, but what's going to happen is we're going to have the same result because, I mean, I'm guessing Isaac Hayden's better, but you're still going to have Jeff Hendrick in there, and I'm assuming Maddie Longstaff's going to come in. And Maddie Longstaff looks fine, but is Maddie Longstaff going to be a difference maker against Chelsea? I would like him to be, but I, I don't have a ton of faith that he is under under Steve Bruce. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's get away from this match. Let's talk about some – odds and ends and, and other more uh, just better news, I guess. Uh, we're going to take a break first, so stay with us, and we'll get some odds and ends after this break. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants, and hotels home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Elijah, do you feel cleansed now that you got that all out of the system? It's a nice I mean, little I guess. Um, I'm, <laughs> you guess. No, I feel. I just. It's annoying. I. I wish Steve Bruce would go away forever. Yeah. Uh, Mike Ashley too. That'd be nice. Uh, let's talk about Mike Ashley. Well, not really. Just adjacent Mike Ashley. Let's talk about. BZG because it looks like they're buying Darby. Yeah. 
they they failed they failed to buy Newcastle and uh, Darby is about a hundred million hundred fifty million pounds cheaper, uh, which that was always a concern with BZG was that Mike Ashley was annoyed that they wouldn't meet his asking price or show proof of funds. But I mean they got pushed through uh, with Darby uh, two hundred million pounds looks to be the number. Um, I mean I guess good for Darby. Uh, I don't know what else you can really say about this. Um, but I guess it's weird because they couldn't get it done with Newcastle. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just another depressing list to add for us. Um, so completely understand that. Uh, let's talk about the next thing. So I don't cry. <laughs> uh, Dale on that. You remember him? I do. Yeah, so he he found a new club. So he was released from Watford, uh, poor guy, and went on trial back to his hometown club. Uh, so he is uh, he's thirty one years old, which is crazy that he's like fallen this far down. I just like thirty one is not that old in the grand scheme of things. So I'm a little surprised, but he's going to Den Haag, the Hague, the Hague, Den Haag. Yeah. In Hague, yeah. Um and so he joined them on trial and he uh will be he'll join them for training in, in the next few days. But he began his career there in two thousand seven and then played for Heron Veen and then Feyenoord and then Newcastle and then Watford. So yeah, that's his, I mean that's his career path. Yeah, I, I would I would add that I'm not too surprised. Like you say that about him being thirty one and that being surprising. But you have to remember he's a fullback, and the mm-hmm. role of a fullback has just changed drastically in the That's past point, five actually. or six years of, of football. So it's like a lot of older guys are starting. Like Danny Rose is like nobody wants Danny Rose, and Danny Rose was was like a like an England regular two seasons ago, and uh, he he's it's he's finding it difficult to have anyone take him on. Um, and so I think that's that's an interesting point. It's like I do think fullbacks are aging way worse than anyone else. I mean, Marcelo is is was one of the world's best left backs two seasons ago, and and now people are saying he needs to be dropped from Real Madrid and sold altogether. So it's been a, it's been tough for fullbacks. Yeah, uh, let's get into international news. Uh, a couple players were called up. You have Miguel Almiron. Uh, he has two World Cup qualifiers um, at Argentina should be a big one and then home against Bolivia uh, Jeff Hendrick was called up to Ireland he had a uh, uh, he has a friendly against England um, and then two Nations League ties uh, Emil Kraft for Sweden uh, he has a friendly against Denmark and then um, uh, two Nations League ties against Croatia and France and then Jamal Lewis for Northern Ireland, three Nations League ties, Slovakia, Austria, and Romania, and then Fabian Cher, uh, friendly against Belgium, and then Nations League ties against Spain and Ukraine. Um, Ryan Fraser didn't get caught up because of an injury, and Callum Wilson was not caught up. Well, he got injured anyway, but he was not caught up. Uh, any comments there on internationals? No, I mean, I think, again, we'll – probably see and uh, i said this earlier but miguel is going to get dropped from the chelsea match um and it's steve bruce is going to say it's because he got back from paraguay the day before so yeah. just be on the lookout from that for that uh 
when people are shocked that he doesn't start or and when he plays five minutes and people are like, why are you playing Miguel Amaron for five minutes when we're down three nothing to Chelsea? Yeah. So there's that. Uh-huh. Um yeah, so some lo- loan updates for you. Uh, Kellen, Kel Watts is doing amazing uh, once again. Elias Sorensen is now starting to score goals. He has two goals and an assist at Almir City uh, in, I think, three total matches. So pretty good start. He was just – so they just played and they won 2 nothing. However, he wasn't named to the squad. Uh, they did have a COVID outbreak earlier when he first got there. So I'm, the, the reason's unknown. So I'm purely speculating. Uh, cause it, I, it doesn't seem right to like be on a goal scoring streak and then be left out of the squad completely. Uh, so something drastic, I think happened there. Hopefully Elias is okay. Uh, he, he really got that spark and I really hope that keeps going. Uh, Freddie Woodman is dominating. Uh, so yeah, really good. Uh, he, he actually had the old Newcastle goalkeeper Darby, um, Tim oh. for Norwich and Freddie Woodman for Swans. And it was Tim Cruel that won the battle. Tim got the clean sheet and uh, Norwich won one nothing. So uh, Jack Young is still looking good at Tranmere. Tom Allen and Mo Sangare. Um, Tom has been starting to appear as a substitute. Mo still hurt. Lewis Cass at Hartlepool is doing fine. Yoshinori Muto is being a sub. Uh, in the second half sub, Lejeune is uh, – he finally lost his 100% appearance record, um, and but he's still doing great, and Jake Turner is doing great for War Cup. Uh, so that was a long-winded winded loan update. Elijah, Stephen Glass. Yeah, um, this is real quick. We mentioned Stephen Glass, former Newcastle player, took over my hometown team, Atlanta United, as the interim manager – Nearly made the playoffs despite a record of four wins, 10 losses, and like I think four draws. So uh, he almost made the playoffs in the MLS. Uh, so uh, shout out to Glassy. I'm sure this is probably going to be um, his end of his senior managerial career for now. But there were there were matches where he showed a little bit of promise. I could see him potentially, and Greg, correct me on this, I could definitely see him potentially getting some sort of USL job. Uh, in, in the near future, which is the second division in America, especially given the fact that um, under his management, the Atlanta United 2 team was doing quite quite well in the, in the USL. So, I mean, we'll see. But we'll, we'll, if, if anything relevant happens, we'll, uh, we'll keep you updated. But he was a fun manager and a good interim caretaker kind of guy for Atlanta United squad that went through some insane turnover. That is not really something we need to talk about on the on the spot. No. Uh, and then let's talk about some injuries. The first one, the most obvious one, has to be Callum Wilson. Uh, what's yes. The, what's the update on him, Elijah? Um, initial scans, people were concerned uh, that he was going to be out until uh, potentially 2021. Um, athletic reports that the initial scans show that it's going to probably be a couple of weeks. Uh, potentially he could be available for the Chelsea match. Knowing Steve Bruce, um, he's either going to be super optimistic and just play him during Chelsea if he's somewhat healthy, or he's going to be insanely cautious because he knows how important Callum Wilson is. Um, If Newcastle are planning on chasing the match, I could see Callum uh, not playing. I guess in addition to that, of course, Dwight Gale is still out. He's probably not going to be back until mid-January, late-January. Um, MCLs are not fun to deal with. 
uh, John Joe Shelby, Martin Dubrovka, Matt Ritchie, all could be uh, back in contention uh, potentially for the Chelsea match. Dubrovka probably the least likely out of those two. I could imagine Dubrovka probably early December, but um, John Joe Shelby with his hernia, he should be pretty much back in training like next week. Uh, he'll be good. Um, and then, of course, same with, with Matt Ritchie, his shoulder injury. And, of course, we know Ryan Fraser has been out with a hamstring injury that he picked up um, against Everton. Uh, he's probably not going to be back until mid or late December. Um, his is a little bit more serious than Callum. But outside of that, Newcastle are at, at full strength. So um, more guys like Matty Longstaff might be getting a run in the team as Steve Bruce talks about changing things up. Isaac Hayden should be back in the team uh, as there's no real reason why he isn't starting because he is – healthy so there's that yeah uh u23s and u18 update um we had reagan thompson and joe white with goals for the u18s to get their first win of the season uh joe white uh, they, they scored i think five minutes apart from each other so that's pretty great they should do that more often uh they beat burnley's u18s two to one and then we had an amazing match for the u23s uh you can watch the full match still. It's on uh, uh, Leeds, uh, LUTV's YouTube page. So you can watch the entire match.